You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 330. I am Tim Robertson. I am David Cohen. And David, this is our special year-end event where we brought in, um, well, realistically, I would call them the top religious leaders of the world for the annual My God Can Beat Up Your God competition. Well, I think it's important to do that because, you know, religion is really all about communication and then competition and and, you know we got to give it up to the hindu last year i mean they took the championships that was an impressive win there in the 11th round everyone under underestimates a hindu but you know what they came through they they came through (laughs) so uh, (laughs) by the way folks that was completely unscripted david had no idea i was going to do that (laughs) i was thinking of that that was one of the first things i was coming downstairs this morning about 10 minutes before you texted me Mm-hmm. And we're recording on the 31st, so last day of 2017, which, quite honestly, outside of family and my work, has been a crappy year, I think. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but not in movies. And that that was the first thing that I was thinking about coming down. I should do that joke. But <laughs> I didn't know about the Hindu thing, though. That I, I pulled that out of my butt the last second. Um, <laughs> we are recording a little bit differently this time. Um I'm having issues. One of my pieces of hardware failed, and it's something that's failed in the past. So every two years, David, I just have to buy a new Y splitter, Mm -hmm. which is a bummer. I mean, they're cheap, but I don't keep extra ones around because, you know. Well, maybe this time you should buy two. People don't think about cords being problems, but, I, you know, from my years in IT, I can tell you cords go bad. And it's yeah. the last thing that people even think about when they're having an, an issue with a piece of electronics. Yeah, and and it's different on the on the digital side of things. If you have a USB cable go bad, um, most of the time it will just stop working. Similarly, you have a lightning cable or something for your for your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device, micro USB, whatever. It will, they normally just kind of give up. Yep. Um, it's relatively rare for you to get kind of problems where the uh, I mean all the, all the digital connections are all error correcting all the time so they can be quite fault tolerant and so when it gets so bad that that stops working then the cable stops working mm-hmm. but in the analog world particularly when you're dealing with audio uh, as solder connections wear out as the cable gets bits gets flexed or it maybe it heats up and cools down every time it's used eventually those start to go or you get some oxidation or something like that and that can affect the analog transmission properties of the cable and then all of a sudden you get weird problems like we were having which was sound like we were you were being attacked by a, a horde of mosquitoes every time you spoke and it was in the last episode too uh when i listened to parts of that one back i could hear it creeping in every now and then so what we're doing differently this time is I'm recording my end of the conversation. David is recording his end. He will Dropbox me his. I'll merge them together. And and that's how we became the Brady Bunch. <laughs> so as we discussed last week, our big topic this week is going to be David and my top five movies. So David's picked five movies. I don't know what they are. 
I've picked five with four honorable mentions. He doesn't know what mine are. That's going to be the majority of this, but I do want to talk about a couple things here, um, including the conversation that you have been having, mostly you have been having with listener Brendan. Um, it's been interesting. I don't know if you've got that right. info in front of you because we didn't put it in the show notes. Uh, I have it in my email, so um, I can bring it up. You know, we there was. It really starts, I think, to where I would like to discuss this a little bit here, David, is there was an incident where two guys are playing video games online. Uh, I guess one of them was angry with the other one, and I'm still... Apparently it was, yeah, it was apparently they'd had a $1.50 bet. Right. And one guy felt he'd won the bet, and the other guy disagreed. And that's, so, what, that's how it started. Yeah, and then somebody's that's how mature address these guys got posted are. or something? Well, so uh, eventually they started threatening each other, uh, and one guy threatened to swat the other, which is to um, make a fake call to the police that there is a armed, some sort of armed incident going on at the house, and then, of course, the, the local police SWAT team shows up. So uh, the guy said, oh, I'm going to SWAT you, and the, guy, the other guy said, do... Do your worst. I don't care. And then posted a fake address for somebody for for some just a random address. Like he must have just googled it. Um, and so the agreed party then decided to contact somebody else he knew who could organise swatting because he didn't have the guts to do it himself. And uh, said, "Can you swat this address?" And he did. And armed police show show up. Obviously, the guy at the address knows nothing about what's going on. Um, and unfortunately, actually, these situations when things are tense, people don't necessarily respond particularly well to unclear police commands. And the guy who opened the door got shot dead by the cops. Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, and before anybody kind of evokes the whole kind of racial element to this. Um, everybody the, was white. The, yeah, everybody was white. Yeah. yeah. So, so there was no, you know, Black Lives Matter relatives to this. It was, a ca- it was purely a case of... You know, the guy comes out, he's told to put his hands up, and then... And, and I've, unfortunately, this is a problem, I, you know, without... Police cr- are trigger-happy now. Let's they, just leave it yeah, at that. Base, Police basically... Police are trigger-happy. Their number one goal is to get get out of there safely and soundly back to your family. That's not supposed to be their number one priority. Their number yes. one priority is supposed to be to protect and serve the public interests. Yeah, and, and it unfortunately... Mean you come first. I would love to say, oh, hey... The police, they need to get home, too. That's not their job. You don't sign up to that job to keep yourself safe. The police, being a police officer is not a safe job. That's not your number one priority. It's to protect and serve the public. That's why when police officers die in the light of duty, it's so tragic because they don't put themselves first. They put the public welfare first. And too often nowadays, the police show up at a place like this, in a situation like this, and their instinct is to shoot and kill. This guy was, oh, he's, I've seen the video. He's got to be at least 80 yards away from them. Yeah. They, the guy who pulled the trigger claimed that he um, went for his waistband and might have had a gun, uh, despite the fact that they were all shouting fairly contradictory things at him. Uh, I mean, it was, it was all very confusing. Yeah. And um, yeah, in my, certainly in my untrained opinion, given how far away they were from him, whatever it was, and also as well what they'd alleged, what they'd been called in for. They'd been told it was a hostage situation. So I would assume that in a hostage situation, if the cops show up and somebody comes outside of the door, they're probably not the hostage taker. They could be a released hostage. 
yeah um and yeah i th- i think there is a real quite apart from the 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 uh, actions of the people who initiated this event which i think we'll we'll, we'll obviously get onto in a minute um the militarization of the police and the fact they've been trained by soldiers who are trained to basically shoot first, ask questions later, means that that's what the police are doing now, and, and it's you're very, wrong. very wrong. That's right. Well, I agree it's wrong, but what you just said is wrong. They're not being trained. That's the problem. They're not being trained by the police, but they're being armed with military weapons and, and hardware, and including tanks, yeah. but they're not getting proper training. And I'm sorry, if you give a whole bunch of guys, very macho guys, a whole bunch of army weapons... They're going to want to go play with them, folks. Yeah. And, so and let's that's face a whole it, different a, conversation. A, a, yeah. A, a military rifle is designed to kill somebody. It's yeah. not designed to shoot to. Well, any gun is designed yeah. to kill. I mean, that's. No, but this. But military rifles are have been optimized to kill. Yes. Anyway. So the discussion between that Brendan and you are having really boils down to Twitter should die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twitter. And I think we. We both kind of agreed on this. <laughs> I, yeah, you have. Yeah. I use Twitter mostly to retweet a few things that I see that I enjoy. I control who I see on Twitter to a certain extent because everyone, if someone that I follow is retweeting someone, I see it. But I don't live on Twitter. It's very rare that I'm actually on Twitter. Um, it's kind of an echo chamber of PR um, and complaining about things. So yeah, I could yeah. do without that. I, I, for that, I prefer Facebook because then I can really concentrate on who I see. It's much easier to just to block someone or unfriend them if they're going off the deep end. But Twitter is, I think at this point is a compromised service. I think that they haven't upheld their standards that they said that they were setting no hate speech. Um, and clearly, I mean, when you, the, the, the president of the United States posts hateful things all yeah. the time. He, if he wasn't a celebrity to begin with, they would have, he would have been banned a long time ago. Yeah. It's clearly well, he's I, in violation of, of what Twitter and, and their standard operating procedures are supposed to be, but they don't ban him because it's the best thing as far as Twitter's concerned that's ever happened to Twitter because every single news outlet is talking about tweets. Uh, exactly. And, and uh, this is the this is the issue I now have with Twitter. I mean, the, the conversation with Brendan came up because uh, Brendan sent me an article about um, somebody who created a bot that um, would that targets impersonation accounts. So impersonation accounts are when when, you know, somebody somebody kind of tweaks the name to make and and um of their account um but basically makes an account that looks like it's a celebrity or somebody of import uh, and then posts to their own agenda and a lot of these things are themselves automated yeah so um this guy basically wrote some scripts to uh, bomb these accounts uh, and basically get rid of them uh, and he called himself a, or the the media called himself new york times called him a digital nazi hunter uh, and um, Twitter banned him when they found out what he was doing. Now, Brendan said, oh, you know, they should have hired this guy. Uh, and my, um, uh, my, my assertion is this, and I think Brendan and I agree on the ultimate problem, where we disagree is on the solution to the problem. Um, Brendan was saying this is an example of the sort of thing Twitter should be doing to try and fix the problems on Twitter. And my, arg- my argument was 
Twitter is unfixable at this point. Um, the decisions they've made over the years have led them to this point. And yep. it's exactly what, what you and I just said. Um, they will turn a blind eye to things that are in breach of their policy if it suits them. Yep. If the person is high profile enough, uh, and obviously the President of the United States, uh, even before he was President, was deemed to be high profile enough. And at that point, you know, you're all you're going to... And also as well, they've kind of embraced his followers who are very very much the purveyors of a lot of this kind of unfriendly speech that the platform apparently yeah according to its terms and conditions doesn't want on the platform so this to me this is why um you know twitter is is a cesspool that i don't really use very much anymore i used to use it all the time but it just it's it's so full of partisan arguments uh, and um the brevity of the tweets also encourages this kind of um, you know, black or white viewpoints that mean you can't really, you can't have a proper discussion on Twitter. No, it doesn't um, lend itself you know, to that. It, it doesn't happens. lend itself to that, but unfortunately it's now full of people who all they want to do yep. is is argue with each other. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I actually, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think Facebook is a much better place for this sort of discussions and arguments and what have you. The reason I don't use Facebook is because I don't trust Facebook themselves, not because of the people on Facebook. Um, but yeah, Twitter is just, it's just, you know, it's just unusable at this point. And yeah, Twitter as a, as a company has embraced this because they want, they like the fact that whenever a news story breaks, the first thing that, that the news media do is go and find people with responses on Twitter. If somebody dies or, or there's some important event, they get, um, they want to get responses from celebrities on Twitter, you know, and Twitter enjoys that. They haven't found a way to properly monetize that, but that is kind of their lifeline to keep them going. In my opinion, yeah, Twitter is just—it should it's die. Such an echo chamber, and yep. it—and it's—it's so distorting what social media discussion should be. That yes, in my in my view, it should die. It would be much better if it went away, so that if the news media, for instance, want to get a comment on a situation, they have to go to a Facebook post where there's a chance of more detail. Uh, and more explanation and more um, content than you're going to get on a 140-character tweet. 160 now, isn't it? Uh, well, whatever it is, it's still not enough. No. Yeah. So we do also want to follow up from last week. Apple revised their policy on older batteries for iPhones. Uh, obviously, Tim, your points, they, they must have heard the show and immediately said, we've got to get on this. Yeah, they had to have. I mean, how else would they have addressed this so quickly? Well, um, yeah, obviously it was directly you. So most people listening to this knows that Apple came out with a big apology. And as per normal for a company Apple size, they finally did the right thing after being shamed into doing the right thing. Uh, and that is if you have an older iPhone that's exhibiting the problems that we discussed, including my phone, to be honest, uh, Apple will now replace the battery for $29. They said they were going to roll it out in January, and they said, oh, you know what, we, we it's live now. It's live now in the US. It doesn't appear to be live here in the UK yet. Um, they're still saying £79 on their website here. Um, yeah, it'll, so we'll it'll see. be updated. And oh, I'm, I'm sure. And I'm sure everyone in the Apple store at this point actually does know about this, and, and they're ready. And I, I do just, have to make an appointment on my next day off or so uh, yeah, to go. I, I, I'd advise anybody who's interested in taking this offer up, get an appointment book quickly, because the last... you remember, was it the... Um, I think it was the iPhone 6 that had a problem where the batteries would prematurely wear and they had an exchange program. 
Uh, and as soon as that became prevalent, you could not get Genius Power appointments for love nor money. Right. Because they'll only let you book seven days in advance, uh, and basically every time I went to try and book one, um, they were they were fully booked out for the full following week. So you really had a problem. You ended up getting up early in the morning, checking every day, trying to get an appointment. So if you are going to take them up on this offer, get an appointment in the diary now if you can. Yep, that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, I have to do two things when I go to the Apple Store. I've got Apple Care protection, Apple Care Plus protection on Brooke's iPhone, and she broke the screen already. So, yeah, she went about five months before she did exactly what I was worried that she was going to do. Uh, so that's going to cost me, what, 50 bucks? Yep. And then 30 bucks to replace my battery in my phone. So we're going to be there for probably an hour and a half, unless they're really good. And I'm going to drop close to 100 bucks. So, yay, that'll be a fun day off. And, of course, the nearest Apple store is about an hour and a half drive, either direction. So Yeah. Either got to go north people- or got to go to east. A lot of people online are kind of saying, oh, well, they should be doing the batteries for nothing. But the uh, fact no, that I, still got to pay. No, I agree that there, there should be some kind of a charge. Batteries wear out, people. Yeah. It's a battery. It's going to wear out. And I completely accept that. What I don't accept is Apple slowing down my device because my battery's starting to go bad. You let me know my battery's starting to go bad, and you give me options. Hey, you need to set up an appointment with an Apple store to have your battery places too too low. Or it might be time to upgrade your phone simply because your battery is going. Maybe you don't want to spend money on your old phone. But let me know what's going on. Don't don't artificially slow my phone down and then claim, well, it's not to get you to upgrade to your iPhone because that was a completely disingenuous BS answer. It absolutely was. We discussed it last week. I don't want to get into it again. but Yeah, I, ju- it, I just only know. hope that Apple will replace anybody's battery comes in and they won't check the phones and then say, well, we don't think that this battery has a problem. Right. Cause they'll because they'll have a big know, problem with me if they do that with me. Well, with anybody, I think, because obviously we've all had this story. We know that, that under some circumstances, the phones are slowing down. We can't possibly tell what those circumstances are because at the moment there's no metrics on the phone to tell us. Um, but it would be pretty irritating to battle through the appointment system to get an appointment, take the time to go into the Apple store, and then have Apple turn around and say, oh, yeah, we, we don't think this is a problem for you, so we, you, we, we, we won't let you give us money to change this battery. Right. They should just change them all. Yep, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to discuss real quick? Um, I don't think so. I think um, the, the the other story we have here on the show notes is is, is you know, it's another one of those big company did something stupid things and I, I don't think we need to cover it necessarily i agree uh, it's a couple of weeks old now anyway so we do want to thank our sponsor maxsales.com um but i was like a year and a half now it's been yeah. a while yeah and you know what's fun for me david is when we go to MaxDoc, i get to see friends that worked at owc i had a great time when we got to do our um tour of yeah. WC. That, yeah, that was, was a fun, fun time. Mm-hmm. And we got to see some products ahead before they actually came out. Um, and I got to see some old friends there. That's always a fun thing. Obviously, you're into the, by the time most people listen to this, it's going to be the new year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the solutions that they come up with in the new year. I know that they just did a teardown video of the new iMac Pro. Uh, they have a video online. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That looks like a very powerful machine. 
Yeah, we we've not we've not thought about it on here, but um, I I think it's interesting, and because I think most of us who watch Apple recognise that before they decided to respond to the backlash about not updating the Mac Pro, which we talked about we talked about earlier when they brought everyone in and said, look, you know, we got this product wrong, it's pretty clear that they were planning to replace the Mac Pro with this iMac Pro. Yep, and um, I think for a you know, a very high percentage of most people who wanted a power machine, the actually the iMac Pro is a great solution. It is supposedly wicked fast mm-hmm. and um, really, you know, a really powerful machine does a lot of what a lot of people want. And for most people who want a powerful Mac, it's probably going to be a pretty good solution. And actually, if you look at what you get, I think, you know, while it, the headline price sounds expensive. I think if you look at what you're getting in there in terms of the performance and everything, um, then it's a, it's not it's not a bad deal either. The issue with the with the iMac Pro, of course, is well, there's two. First of all, is will they ever update it? Um, have they boxed themselves into a design corner like they did with the Mac Pro in terms of thermals? Um, so we, you know, the longevity of the product needs to be seen before you can really say it's a it's a home run. Uh, but then the third thing is there is a small proportion of uh, of Apple users who, who need the flexibility you don't get with an iMac Pro. You can't upgrade anything on the iMac Pro. Um, you can, I think you can upgrade the RAM if you take it back into Apple. Yep. But, um, yeah, there are people who need to put more storage in there. They need to put new graphics cards in there. They well, that's where able, a company like OWC you know, does come in because they, saw, they had the foresight to prepare for this with their entire product line and, and the direction of their company, you know, 10 years ago, that if you want to upgrade that iMac, you do it externally now. You can get an external graphics card. All the storage you want, it's external now. It's Thunderbolt 3. It's Thunderbolt 2. So that's really the future of upgrading your Mac, and it's it's externals. It's not internals. Yeah. And there are some benefits to that, the biggest one being flexibility. If something goes wrong with your Mac... You unplug it, you buy a new Mac, you plug it in, and you're good to go because all of your files are external. So all your work files, the big stuff, that's all sitting on big Thunderbolt drives, which are being backed up via RAID anyways. So in in that regard, it's a better solution. Um, the downside, of course, is more desk space, more noise, all that kind of thing. More cables. More cables. We love cables. I love cables today because I just had that cable go bad. So we're yeah. going to we're going to pause for a second here for the cause. I'm going to go get a second cup of coffee because it's only 7:30 in the morning and I've only had one. Granted it's been a big cup of coffee, but my last half of it was kind of cold because we were screwing around trying to figure out the cable and noise issues with this. So David, let me go get a new fresh cup of coffee and then we're going to come back with our wiki trolling and then jump into our main segment uh, about the movies. Okay. So David, our Wikipedia trolling selection this week i picked it because i watched the first episode of a show on netflix called the toys that made us uh i want to i want to watch this because it looks it looked really yeah. good in the previews and i i was like i'm gonna watch that and i completely forgot about it i was on netflix yesterday and it popped up and i thought oh it's got four episodes the first one is star war toys the next one is barbie then I don't know, something G.I. Joe, I think, and then He-Man. I'm really only interested in the Star Wars episode, but I probably will watch the other ones because the historical context and 
that sort of thing. I just enjoy stuff like that. Yeah, James May from um, formerly of Top Gear and, and now on the Grand Tour, um, who likes to do these kind of, um, you know, toy and and buildy type things. They're they're very much part of his childhood. He he on the BBC has done a couple of shows a little bit like this, so not as detailed. Where he he talked about toys that he played with as growing up and what was good about them. He did one on Meccano and various other. Well, things, that's not so. what this is. This right. does not go into actually playing with it or your history or anything like that. At least the first episode wasn't. The first episode, being the Star Wars ones, really had one singular focus, and that was Keener. And that is our wiki trolling page. Keener yeah. products. Now, Keener, of course, was a very small. Um, company in Cincinnati, Ohio, a toy company. At, at, when I say small, I mean small. They were they were nobodies. Nobody knew who Keener was until they got the Star Wars license. And the only reason they got that Star Wars license is because every other toy manufacturer turned down Lucas and Fox to produce toys. Now, it may be hard for us to remember at this point, and, and those of a younger generation, at least a decade behind us, David, really won't understand this. But back in the day, toys were one of two things, either based on a television show, because it was every week you'd see the television show, so it was constant advertising for those toys, or it was original toys from the toy company themselves. Yeah. That was it. There was no movie toys, because movies were only at the theater for maybe a month, and then they're gone. Yeah. So, th- th- there was no toys for the movies. Yeah, no, I, I remember before before Star Wars came out that, um, exactly as you say, I remember seeing, as I was growing up before, you know, before 77, 78, when Star Wars sends a big thing, I, the big toys that, that kind of, as I was after, were uh, were TV shows of Thunderbirds. I, I seem to remember one of my um, brothers getting a Starsky and Hutch car, um... So yeah, it was it was very much about the um, uh, the bat the Batman in the sixties camp Batman TV series. Also, I remember had a lot of certainly in the UK had a lot of toys associated with it. But yeah, yep. you're right; it was all TV. There was nothing for the movies. So Keener Products was an American toy company founded in 1946. Throughout its history, the Keener brand provided several highly recognizable toys and merchandise lines, including action figures like the original Star Wars and Jurassic Park as well as die-cast models. The company was closed by its corporate parent and merged with Hasbro in 2000. So, you know, there was a time, late 70s, early 80s, where if you watched a cartoon, as David and I were prone to do, and you knew who Keener was because they always promoted their brand with Star Wars. And it was huge. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was gigantic. Um, one of Keener's original products was the Bubble Matic, a toy gun that blew bu- bubbles. An updated version was available uh, at least as late as the mid-1960s. Keener introduced its popular girder and panel building set construction toys in 1957. And blah, blah, blah. Here's the big one, though. In 1963, they did the Easy Bake Oven. Yeah. That was a big one. I I, I remember that wasn't something I'd never heard about in the UK until I started going to the States. And then 
this thing was always being talked about and mentioned. Wasn't it just basically a box with a light bulb in it? Yep, <laughs> that's all it was. Little little cheap pans that you and they, it would come with little mixes. You mix the little cookie mix in. You put it in this little steel pan. You slide it in underneath the light bulb, and then you know five minutes or ten minutes later, you pull it out the other side, and it's a little cookie. Yeah. It, but I I wanted one as a kid. I hated that they were geared towards women and not boys because I wanted to make my own cookie. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Keener Products obtained the rights to produce Star Wars action figures and playsets for the Star Wars trilogy from 1976 through 1985. After Keener Keener acquired the license to produce Star Wars toys, what? That was weird. Uh, When the Mego Corporation rejected in 1976, Keener popularized a uh, 3.75 action figures that became the industry standard that continues to dominate the action toy market today. Uh, they also did the $6 million man, which I loved. Uh, they did Alien. Their big, their last big hit outside of Star Wars is a superpowers collection. Same size figures, but it was the DC uh, characters. And that was from 84 to 86. That was awesome. I remember that. But this was a company that, you know, they, they did pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you, <laughs> you know, know, they landed... You know, they landed a license. Now, they landed a license that kind of, you know, turned into a license to print money. Um, there's an urban legend, and I don't know whether this is true or not, that actually um, Lucas managed to keep the rights to the toys for not very much money from Fox because they didn't think it, because as you say, nobody did it. They didn't think it was lucrative. Uh, and then it turned out to be a massive licensing turned out to be obviously one of the, the massive sell-on market spinners from from star wars do you know that's star true wars did they mention that in that it, program at all they didn't uh they not really know but i already know that story and it is true um yeah 20th century fox didn't care about the toys there wasn't that what it wasn't a market so they let lucas keep that that was his big thing i get the merchandising market it wasn't toys it was merchandising right and they were like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's going to last about a month, and then nothing. No one's going to care about but the toys. That was a thing that allowed him to finance the next two Star Wars movies himself. To Well, uh, not just finance those movies, but it allowed him to start up Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. Uh, that's where Pixar got their start. I mean, it was... Because his big thing was always... THX. Yeah. Uh, his, all, his big thing was always, you know, doing his own thing without having studio control, which... Mm-hmm. Turned out to be a bit of a poison chalice for Mr. Lucas because there was nobody there to argue with some of his um, right. He just less surrounded ideals with, uh, with yes men. So then we get Jar Jar Binks, Jar Binks and yeah. a political debate at the beginning and most of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. So that is our Wikipedia products. Of course, they closed in 2000. They're out of business because they basically merged with Hasbro, who, who are still around. Yeah. Um, or are they? Or is Hasbro... No, no, no Hasbro still around. Yeah, yeah. Their parents were um, they were independent from forty six to sixty seven. From sixty seven to eighty five, though, they were actually owned by General Mills, mm. cereal maker. They had a big they had a big plant here in Battle Creek. Yeah, do they every, have, do they not have it anymore? I I don't know. I have no idea. I think mm. General Mills is still in Battle Creek, but it's a very small company at this point. At least their presence here. But 
Yeah. I mean, at one point, pretty much all the ready-to-eat cereal in the world was made in Battle Creek, Michigan. We were the cereal city capital. Yeah. It'll all be gone in another 10 years. There won't be any cereal made in this city at all. No. Especially once Kellogg's abandons Battle Creek for the last time. Um, so there you go, Keener products. A blast from our... It, toy, Star Wars toys are the biggest thing for me in the world. I loved them. Yep. And I'm also so, I'm grabbing going to grab off uh, off Netflix now and um, download to my devices for my next train trip a uh, those that toys the toys that it, made a series. I I love the first episode. I really really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, if you're just looking at oh no, never mind. It's not on Netflix, so I'm not even going to mention it. So let's jump into oh I got two more things here. <laughs> I forgot well, why don't these. why don't you I'll, leave why don't you leave I'll, those I'll leave them leave those for next week because they can yep, keep and we can get yep. onto our uh, yeah because it's going to be a little bit time consuming yeah so you picked your top five I did uh, and I, I think as we both discussed before the show started this was tough to come mm-hmm. to narrow things down to five movies which may uh, it may end up being surprising our lists for that reason yep so go ahead you're you're and I don't have mine in any particular order there i didn't go one through five. Right? Oh, you so didn't these are my top five. Oh, right so i put an extra work than you didn't because i actually no. ranked these um, it's too hard to rank once i get my top five which one do i like more why i was like nah th- these are my top five movies of the year that i enjoy now obviously david we did not see every movie that came out in 2005 or 2017 yeah. so there are yeah. In fact, when I was when I looked through, I basically I browsed the list of movies from Wikipedia that were released this year to make sure I didn't miss anything, because you know I'm getting old and I can't remember everything I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and there were a couple, to probably two or three on the list. I thought um, if I'd have seen those movies, they probably would be in this top five, but yes. I didn't get a chance to see them. I, I think that yep. the standout for me was um, John Wick Chapter Two because. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, well, I I loved the first movie. I haven't had a chance to see the second one yet. It's but a, it's exactly the same movie. Yeah, so you know, but I I figured that that would that may may have been in the running for my top five. I saw it and it didn't even get an honorable mention, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, and and I think one of the great things that looking at this list and coming up with this list is that you know we are we are in the. In terms of entertainment, we're in a golden time at the moment because oh, there is no so much good stuff out there, particularly for guys with our kind of interests. Obviously, if you're you not... You want to... I'll give you another one. Uh, I think this is a Hulu original, but... <coughs> cough, but... but or, uh, um, torrent. <coughs> cough. Um, <laughs> Marvel's The Runaways. Yeah, I've not seen that it's yet. simply fantastic. Yeah. I'm real, I've got episode eight queued up, ready to go. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. It's everything that I hate about Marvel's Agents of Shield, which is just a dull, boring show mm-hmm. that they don't really have any direction for. And the character it started out strong, and then it's went... yeah. Um, Marvel's Agents of Shield is not good. Marvel's Runaways is fantastic. It's so good. It's yeah. not as good as um, oh, what was the one? Um, Get, uh, David Heller. Um, yeah, the not the uh, it's not the gifted, but it's the other one. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, that one. That was one even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, go ahead. Which yeah, I, I think I think if you know, we are in a wealth of riches, particularly for guys like us yep. who are particularly into superhero movies. Um, but there are plenty of other good movies out there as well. And yeah, the fact that it was so difficult to narrow that down to a top five, I think, is good. So my, so do my, you have any? Do you have an honorable mention list at all? I do. 
Okay, how many uh, are you got on it? Uh, probably four. I've got exactly four. So let's go through our honorable mentions, and we'll get to our top four. So give me two of your honorable mentions. Uh, two of my honorable mentions would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, mm-hmm. which um, I again a movie I was great. I really enjoyed. Um, I didn't find it personally as I, 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 they tried to differentiate. It wasn't like, as good as the first. No, they tried to differentiate it from the first, but the direction they took it into, I, I felt, wasn't really the direction that, that personally appealed to me. You know, and they that, tried was, to, that is that's also on my honorable mention list, by yeah, the way. Yeah, um, and uh, the other one, this may surprise you, is uh, Star Wars: Last Jedi is on my honorable mention, but not. In I my didn't top put it five. on mine. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think it's just. That's the sort of movie that's going to benefit from multiple watches before I really kind of get it. I've seen it twice. I liked it better the second time. But I'll be honest with you, David. It's not on my list at all. It's not on my top five, and it's not on my honorable mention. So mine, um, two of mine, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Mm 2, exactly the same reason you say. I I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't feel compelled to watch it a second or third or fourth time. I've seen it twice. I bought it on iTunes, but the kids every now and then say, hey, we want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Which one? The first one. Yeah. So that should tell you something. Uh, the second one on mine is Atomic Blonde. Uh, I've not seen this movie. Um, Charlize Theron. It takes place in the 80s uh, over a couple-day period. She's basically a spy, and she's on a mission, and that's all I'm going to say. It's got some of the best fight scenes I've seen in a long time. Realistic. Um, it really it's just dripping with 80s vibe wasn't, I just really uh, dug it yeah I think wasn't that done by one of the guys who did um, The Raid or something like that I think uh, so or, or, no I think it, perhaps the chap who did one of the chap who did uh, John Wick it could I, be yeah it, I, it I has believe that, it may have that been that kind of a vibe too yeah I, I really dug it. it it's I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it let me put it that way Mm-hmm. And it's the one movie that almost cracked the top five, but it didn't. All right, okay. your last two honorable mentions. My last two honorable mentions would go to... Um, oh, where's my list now? I don't know. No, I can't find my list. Okay. So, you're, so uh, it Everyone w- in suspense. It would go to uh, Medea, Boo, I did Medea not see 2, it. Uh, and the Chips movie. You're lying. I'm lying. Yeah. Um, I would probably put on my on my um, on my other honourable mentions, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. That's on my honourable list yeah. as well. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it because it wasn't as good as the first one. Uh, again, it wasn't, and and that's really what I probably if this had been the year the original one had come out, I might put that in my top five. But this one, yeah, well, the problem is. The reveal, and they they spoil it right in the trailers, where the guy comes back and he's got a, he's missing an eye now. That should have been the big reveal of the movie. That oh look, the guy who trained him didn't actually die in the first movie. Here he is. But they completely ruined that surprise in the trailers. And I'm like, well, it's shit. All right, we're back. Looks like you got a bad cable on your headset. It's we should call this the cable episode. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Now everyone knows if they want to buy us late Christmas presents, it's more cables. Right, so, where, where were we? So, well, yes. I, the, the, I was saying that I, the Kingsman, the Golden Circle, probably would have made my top five, except, well, probably not. But I didn't like the fact that they revealed a guy coming back. Yeah. 
They yeah. ruined that in the trailers. That should yeah. have been the big thing of this movie. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, and then my other, uh, the other honorable mention is the uh, the Lego Batman movie, hmm. which I thought was really good because not only was it fun and nearly as entertaining as, as the original Lego movie, but um, I I felt they they did something quite interesting with the Batman character, uh, and it was almost like a. Um, you, you kind of you watch it and you think oh, I wish they kind of investigated how this side of Batman in a live action movie so I enjoyed it for that so my last two one of them of course is the Golden Circle which we already discussed and the last is Logan Lucky it's a heist movie yeah I've, I've, I've got this to watch but I have not watched it yet but it the, looks, looks good you know Daniel Craig James Bond does this Kentucky accent crazy dude and it's brilliant. I loved it. He uh-huh. did such a good job. I was so impressed. So it's a good one. I like it a lot. Didn't didn't crack my top five, but it's a good movie. Definitely check it out, David. You're going to like okay, it. Okay, cool. All I'm right. Full to that. First one will be your top five. So um, I have ranked mine. So this mm-hmm. is kind of reverse order. So at number five, I have Thor Ragnarok. I have that on my list as well. Uh, and the reason I included this is I actually thought it was a better cosmic movie than... Guns of the Galaxy Volume 2. I agree uh, 100%. Uh, and also, I, what I appreciate about this one is they took um, a member of the Marvel Universe who, particularly in his own movies, was always it was always very serious. Yep. Uh, and they really lightened it up. Um, the and Hulk I, in this movie is the best version of the Hulk I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but also, as well, I think Thor was really good in this. And also... Yep. Because it's one of the later ones in the in the this version this phase I don't know, was it phases they call them in the uh, in the cinematic universe they you know they made they didn't do that thing where which you always hate particularly in a superhero movie where whatever happens to him has no consequences by the end of the movie in right. this real consequences and they're there they're not going to be rolled back they're not going to be changed um, uh, they basically have rejiggered the character to move forward and I really like that because eh? I think it gives all these big battles and fights they have in these movies much more consequence if they actually um, the results stick around at the end I agree um, I, and it also sets up the Thor franchise for the next phase I think that Helmsworth is going to be done with Thor after the next two Avengers movies and I think you're going to see a female Thor just like in the comic books Okay, that'd be um, interesting. the hammer is gone the uh, spoiler, I guess. I saw a picture of the toys coming out for the next Avengers movie, and he's got the axe, not the hammer. Uh-huh. So, interesting. You know, yeah. the power was inside you all along. So that was also on my list, and I think some of ours are going to cross over. Indeed. My uh, num- my number four is Wonder uh-huh. Woman. No, not on my list at no. all. See, I, it, did, I, it didn't hold up on, on multiple viewings for me. Well, I've, I've watched w- the movie three yeah. times. And I've, I've seen it three times now. Uh, I think the last third doesn't hold up. The, mm-hmm. uh, the, fin- the final act doesn't hold up as well. But the rest of the movie I still absolutely love. Um, and I do too, but I think Guardians is a better movie. Yeah, well, I, I disagree with you on that. But I, I guess, um, you know, I, for me, perhaps just because it was the first really good DC movie, um, kind of brought it over for me well um, you know it's funny you say that because i've seen justice league twice now and it got better in the second viewing when i let go of the can they finally get this right thing this preconceived dc doesn't know what they're doing and just watch the movie 
I liked it better the second time. And well, I've got a feeling it's going to get better on multiple viewings. All right, we'll see. I, I haven't seen it more than once, so I'll have to watch it again and see whether that, that, that happens for me. But um, mm-hmm. I did think long and hard about Justice League, but I really decided that it just wasn't memorable enough for me. Whereas Wonder Woman is, I will. there are, there are scenes in that I will remember for a long time. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, not a genre movie. It's Dunkirk. I just watched that for the first time just um, two days ago. Right. So how, how did now? I saw it in the movie theater. I presume you saw it on video. I on, did. Yeah. So how did how did it strike for you? Uh, I think it's it's a number one. It's a more of an important movie for you than it will be for me. Yes. There there is that. Um. I found it average at best. They didn't really do any kind of character development at all. No, well, yeah, but that's what I loved about it. See, I th- this is what I loved it because this was this was a war movie that was a counter war movie, and that's what I thought sure. was so clever about it. It it tells the the standard way for anybody who doesn't isn't interested or doesn't know. Dunkirk was the evacuation of the beaten combined British and French forces at the beginning of the Second World War. So when when Hitler first invaded Poland uh, and then swept towards Belgium and France. The Allies launched uh, the British army, went ashore, uh, joined up with the French to try and stop them, and they were just completely and utterly pushed back to the sea, literally to the sea. And Dunkirk was where they were herded to, and there was a massive panic to try and get what was left of those forces off of mainland Europe. Um, and so the Dunkirk battle is very memorable in british eyes because you know it was for us it it, even though it's a defeat it proved that our kind of you know we could do the impossible because we managed to get an awful lot of those men off um but it it wasn't even a battle really uh, no it wasn't the movie is it's just an evacuation yeah um, but which i I loved i thought that was great except i wanted to know a little it it was it it was edge of your seat is this guy going to make it i like that I like that some people that you don't really expect are going to die do. Um, I like the personalized stories without going too much character details because you, do, you don't really need to know on some of them. But I don't know. I just got done watching and went, well, I don't need to watch that again. I think I think the issue is because you don't know the historical context or it doesn't resonate with you, it probably hits you less. For, for me, I thought I the, the brave thing about it was rather than give us a, a history picture... Uh, and the standard way you would do this is you would choose a soldier who um save it private saving exactly who would then you would follow through the entire evacuation right. so so yeah. and so then it be this thing becomes more of a personalized thing for you because you're seeing it through this person exactly eye. and and so but the thing is that person would via circumstances would interact with all the important events and people involved in that evacuation so that you would get the historical context and then at the end it would be you know uplifting or whatever now the point is they did that they followed one well, they follow one person's story, at least that's how it starts, and yet rather than give you context or make him an important player in the events, he's just a dude. He's just a dude who things keep happening to in, in, a, in a fairly random and chaotic way, which must have been what it was like for most people at Dunkirk. Sure. And, and then, of course, the real clever thing is that you actually realise you're being shown the same 
um, where you're shown several different viewpoints, but those viewpoints are expended o- over def- various different time periods, and you don't realise that till towards the end of the movie. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, I see what's going on there, how are all these things interact? And I thought it was very clever. I thought it was different. And the fact that it was a war movie about the horror of a war without being your typical, um, you know... Uh, linear sequence of of action i thought was really good and and it really made an impression on me and also on the big screen it was amazing experience yeah i that's one of the things i was thinking as i was watching it i thought i would probably enjoy this more from the spectacle standpoint yeah. if i was watching it in an imax i mean i yeah. this would just be amazing yeah um i liked it don't get me wrong but i think I understand why you would like it more than me. And as a, as a little bit of a genre link, I'm going to throw you a bone. This is yet another Tom Hardy performance in a mask, which yep. <laughs> which we always enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he takes it off at the end. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Next one. Okay. My next one was Logan. That's on my list as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the very, without question, the very best of all the 20th Century Fox, because that's going away, of course. Uh, X-Men movies. And it's a shame that they actually are doing Phoenix right now. I wish they would just scrap it completely and not do anything and let Logan be the swan song for that entire sub-genre. Yeah, how far um, are they in with, with Dark Phoenix? Uh, they're already editing. Right, so it's too, so it's coming out. It's too late to pull it. Because yeah. you, would, you would imagine with the Disney merger that Disney would just go, you know what, we don't want that to come out. No, we'll eat those costs on that. We want to yeah. save Phoenix as the big bad for the next phase of yeah. the something, but... Whatever. Okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, really an amazing, an amazing achievement to take, uh, you know, a popcorn comic book character. Which and and let's let's be honest, Hugh Jackman's performance throughout the entire franchise aside, mm-hmm. um, a, a character who has been pretty up and down treated. Yeah, to take to to take his final movie and make it not only this is one of those films that's not only a good superhero movie; it's just a good movie it's but you a, know what you know I, I see where you're going with this david but I, i'm gonna disagree with one thing yep it's patrick stewart that puts the movie oh yeah the oh yeah Ab- absolutely well he, you know he is his portrayal of a, a brain damaged professor x is so good i mean every single time he's in a scene you can't look at anybody else he's yeah. that good well, to be honest with you, I think pretty much every single performance in this movie, certainly of the principals, like the the baddies, you can kind of take a leave. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know the 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 core of 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 Logan, the girl who is yep. phenomenal in this movie, uh, and uh, and then Patrick Stewart are just they just knock it out of the park. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, so excellent. Uh, and then then my final one was Spider Man Homecoming, which I and that's on my list as well. Which obviously you know in in my view it's a different type of movie to logan but i think probably my favorite superhero movie um that i've seen this year for certain um and uh, and it's definitely my top five of superhero movies of all time i just thought it was so well done so true to the character mm-hmm. um and who would have thought by the seventh I, i'm guessing the seventh spider-man movie maybe the sixth i guess uh, we'd finally get the actual Spider-Man we've always always wanted. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I just hope they don't ruin it. It's Be- in Marvel's hands now. It's DC's hands now. So I'm going to say, or DC, uh, Disney. So I'm going to say, I think he's in good hands. I hope so. I'm just a bit concerned that 
you know, he's going to get too Tony Starked by just being given stuff. I don't think so. You know, I, I think I think it's pretty safe. Okay. So three of our five are the same. Yeah. So we agree on Thor, Ragnarok, Logan, and, and Spider-Man. So basically the three genre movies. Um, and who would have thought three comic book movies would be in our top five and Star Wars would not be? Yeah, I, I guess some of our listeners are going, oh, you guys know comic books. But um, <laughs> that's, I like that's, good movies. I don't, that's I don't what, care yeah. what genre they're in. I really yeah. don't. I just want a really good movie. There are, you know, look, there are plenty of movies not on this list, even not in the top ten, um, who, which were movies that I thought were great and I really enjoyed this year. Um, so I've got two that aren't in any genre. You might not have seen either one of these. Uh, the first one is The Founder. I have seen The Founder. And so um, for those who don't know, uh, this is the wiki or the IMD, IMDB thing for it. The story of Ray Kroc, a salesman who tu- turned two brothers' innovative fast food eatery, McDonald's, into the biggest restaurant business in the world with a combination of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. And this is Michael Keaton. Mm. Man, what he just exhumed this role. I mean, it, it was so good. He, the way he, I love the discovery of he's a car sale or he's a door to door salesman to the restaurant industry. He sells sh- uh, shake makers, right? Yeah. And he shows up at this little restaurant called McDonald's and he's completely blown away because it's unlike any restaurant, fast food restaurant he's ever been to. And of course, we know what's going to happen as far as how big McDonald's is going to get. But you get to go on this journey with this one person and the way he takes us to another level and completely screws over the two brothers whose whole idea that he steals is a is an amazing story. And I really look, I have no love for McDonald's. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just thought the performances from the two brothers, the way they don't trust him. Yeah. Um, you know how he kind of falls in love with his lady and you know yeah, there's it's, a, it's it's brilliant i i um, there's, there's, i i really enjoyed the founder as well i thought it was a great movie there's always a problem with these sorts of movies because people contend about how real they are um you know oh, i they, figure it's probably 50% accurate well yeah i i but also it's told from a certain point of view um mm-hmm. and i i know there's a lot of debate about the uh, the supposed accuracy of this films. Look, I, I just watched um yesterday. We went to see that new Hugh Jackman one, the great showman, um, which is a great family film. Uh, lots of great songs. If you like musicals, it's a good film. It, it, what is it? Uh, the great, the, the greatest showman. It's about, um, PT Barnum. Yeah. yeah? yeah um, I saw that and it, I didn't see the movie. I mean, I saw that yeah. it's out and I saw the, it just, it has zero appeal to me. No, I, I, it's, I, I mean, we we principally went because my my wife wants to see a, a good family movie uh, and she likes a musical, so uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised. It was it was entertaining. The music was pretty good, but don't you don't approach these things in any way as a, as a real biopic of of the reality of um of what of what this what this man's life was like because it's it's you know it's so fictional, but the point is is it was still entertaining and. Um, you know, sometimes that's what you want from a, a movie. The other one that I saw, um, it kind of in a similar genre that um, I really enjoyed this year was the um, the one about the the 
black computer ladies who were uh, involved oh, yeah. in the space race. Yep. Yeah. yeah that Hid- looks hidden, good too. hidden figures. That yep. now again, that was one where dramatic license had been taken, but it was an, a tremendously entertaining movie uh, and really interesting. And um, you know, it paints these events in the perspective of today rather than at the time they absolutely happened. But it was it was really good. Um, so my last movie, David, because I got one more here. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one that I I would I'd I'd bet you a thousand bucks you have not seen. Uh, it's called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now, yeah, I've heard of this. I haven't seen it. No. So it stars uh, Francis McDermott, Woody Harrelson, and Sam Rockwell. It's basically about a a woman whose daughter is raped and murdered in the small town and the police don't get who it is. It's been a year. And so she's completely distraught and broken. And the very beginning of the movie, she's driving down this road and she sees these three abandoned billboards and she rents them. And it's a big red sign with big black letters that basically ask the sheriff or the, the main cop, the, the chief of police, um, why, you know, yeah. what, what are they doing? And that's the premise. And it's so good. I mean, I, I, I love the whole movie. Um, I think that the acting is just superb. Uh, Frances McDermott should get an Oscar for this role. I mean, she was, she should get back best actress because of this role. I mean, yeah. she was absolutely brilliant in it. And I was in it the whole time. Uh, you don't know where it's going to go. Um, you don't know how it's going to end. The ending was just fantastic. Um, there was nothing about this movie I didn't like. Woody Harrelson should get Best Supporting Actor for this role. I mean, it was so good. Yeah, you know what? I Woody, Considering this, the guy started on Cheers. We, oh, my God. We, they, they were repeating um, one of the Hunger Games movies last night on TV. Uh, and we, I sat down and watched, watched it again. And I tell you, even in a movie like that, which, you know... Is bad. Well, it's it's not it's not bad, but it's aimed at a certain audience. Yeah, yeah? Not us. Um, and I tell you, he he comes back. He's come back into the story in that movie because uh, he was in all of them um, halfway through. And as soon as he arrives, he's just acting everyone else off the screen. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this was a movie with um, what's his what's his name? The guy who died. Uh, the uh, I forget his name now. The, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the 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 you know the the guy who played um, Jed Hoover and the fun guy in uh, Twister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> who 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 also was is an Oscar winning actress actor yeah. before he died. Um, oh, his name's escaping me now, but um, he. Um, uh, he he's going toe to toe with uh, Woody Harrison and. Woody Harrison is is you know is acting him off the screen now maybe he was just finding the performance in that was probably one of his last films before he died to be honest but uh, what's his name now it's got a triple barreled name yeah Philip Seymour Hoffman Philip Seymour Hoffman that's right who yeah was, was no, no shrinking violent when it came to acting but I tell you um, I think I think very underrated is Woody Harrelson Oh, I agree. Really? He's in yeah. Star Wars in the Han Solo movie. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, there was uh, an eleventh movie. 
or I, maybe I should say a tenth movie because their honorable mentions were only the top four. Chips. And then their <laughs> chips. Um, the one that didn't make it that I really enjoyed, and it's a powerhouse movie for Woody Harrelson, was uh, the last Planet of the Apes movie. It was so good. Was it? I mean, it was, yeah, I've not seen that one. It's really good. Yeah. Um, it, that's the thing. The, the last three Planet of the Apes movies, every one of them has been fantastic. And the first one had an actor I can't stand. Who, and, James Franco? Yes, I cannot stand him as an actor. No? I just, I can't. Anytime he's on screen, I think, uh, the, who decided this guy gets to be a movie star? I can't, I can't stand him. I really can't. I don't think he can act for crap. He plays his, his, it's him in these roles. He never lets himself go. I don't think he's a great actor. I can't stand his voice. I just can't stand him at all. He's a big fan um, of you. That's unusual. I know. That's weird. <laughs> he sends the feedback in all the time. He just refused to read it. Um, I just don't like the guy. I really don't. Okay. Uh, but the movies themselves, the Planet of the Apes movie, each one is better than the last. The second one blows the first one out of the water. It's not even close. And the last one is even better yet. Um, it, it's it's. I mean, it's Woody Harrelson acting opposite of a, a, a monkey. Yeah. And it's it's so good. You know what? But I, I really don't. I, the guy who plays the monkey doesn't like being called a monkey. Uh, well, he likes playing called Snook, though. <laughs> and he looks yeah. pretty interesting in the Black Panther movie coming up. He's revising a character from Captain America. Yeah. Or no, the Avengers. That's right, yeah. Uh, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, yeah. So with that, that is our top movies of the year. Love to hear, did did we miss something? Is there a movie that you saw that we didn't mention? That, wow, I can't believe you guys didn't talk about this. Might be because we didn't see it. So let us know, because we... Look, I love movies. I, I've got uh, movies queued up, ready to go right now that I haven't watched yet that look good. But, of course, who knows if they're going to be or not. Um, let us know. Real easy to do. Send us feedback. It's uh, the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, even though we think that whole service should die. We still use it. <laughs> um, we're at... Tech Fan Podcast, and of course we are on Facebook. So with that, we're going to wrap up this show. David's got to upload a large file to Dropbox, so I can spend an hour editing this show together and trying to line up the two audio streams, which uh, I'm not looking forward to, because I'm sure you've just hit record and let it record the whole time. Uh, I've split it when we've stopped, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Well, good. That ought to be fun. <laughs> well, then upload all three different, if you can. Yeah. That way I can kind of try to put them to a little... I can Make do that. Make my life a little easier. Yeah. Yep. So, David, I'll talk to you next year, I guess. Yeah, have a good one. You too. Bye. Happy New Year, everyone.